0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Distinct Authors Talking Publishing. I'm Patricia and I'll be making episodes just like this on a weekly basis. In today's episode I want to talk about something extremely important to fiction writers, world building and how important it is for an author to build their story's world successfully. Depending on the genre you write will influence how in depth and detailed you become when building the world you place your characters into. Certain genres will require more details than others. This is not specific to any particular genre. It is across the board. As surprising as it may be, in my experience, in writing historical periods, does not mean we don't have to build a world. For the reader to experience the full effect of the time period as an author, it is our responsibility to build that world to, in effect, set the stage for the reader to be transported to another time and place. It is possible to do it with tiny details without rebuilding history by throwing small little trivia pieces in. However, if you are working on something that is not um, a known period in time, it does differ. For those of us who write in other genres, such as fantasy, paranormal, sci-fi, and all other genres of fiction... Having some skill with regard to creating that perfect place is key to hooking your reader and ensuring the world is believable. These facts do not change if there is romance or not. A successfully built world will impact your novel regardless of genre. At this point, I would strongly suggest you have some sort of spreadsheet or document you can start the note-taking portion of your world building. If you start by Distinct Author's Patreon page, I have a wonderful handout available to anyone who pledges a minimum of $5. You can find it at www.patreon.com forward slash distinctauthors. In terms of world building, what does a reader look for when they pick up a fantasy novel or a sci-fi novel or any of the genres which are not set during an actual period in history or in modern day society, such as times in the future? A believable and relatable world. And what makes it believable is a big question for for authors. Culture, is defi- by its definition, is the customs... Arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. So let's break it down into more manageable parts. Questions we must take into consideration. What sort of society as a whole is there? Is it their creativity, their art? Are they a society where they don't have a written word? Are they literate, illiterate? How do these details impact their day to day life? If you are a society where Everything is recorded orally. You have to know the stories. You have to understand those stories. If you don't, if someone you know someone comes in who is, for example, literate and tries to tell you know show you something, you're not going to recognize it. So, uh, making sure that those details are clear and concise is very important. So, when we are um, cataloging uh, achievements for the people in your world that you're building. We need to look at the achievements on a multi-faceted um, scale. So we need to look, A, at them individually, uh, as well as social groups, economical groups, and then as a society on a whole. And this is very important because all of these little details will actually help to make your world better because it's more dimensional. It's not a two-dimensional, it becomes three-dimensional in a sense. Um, so how they perceive their social groups and subsequent advancements that they've made is also important one of the things that I have found when I'm doing uh, world building is that oftentimes I'll take notes and then once I've done those notes and I've kind of come up with a, a rough idea what I do is I actually go and do a character interview and I and I ask the character questions about, you know, politics, about art, about literature, about schools and education and law, and to really try and break it down so that at the end of the day, I'm looking at something that that is m- sort of like a Wikipedia page where you can actually see absolutely every, you know, minute detail. Now, of course, you're not going to use all this information in, in, in one particular book, but having the information at your hands, at the fingertips, will allow you to go back and forth and back and forth and really weave in details that are minute but really have an effect on how your reader perceives the world that you've built in your book. Uh, and and uh, in that sense too, doing a character interview also allows for you to get to know that character a little bit better. So you're, you're seeing them as an individual, you're creating a sense of uh, identity in your own mind as well as in your reader's mind. So when you're looking at that sort of thing, so another another point to consider when you're doing your world your world building is what sort of structures do they have? What are their settlements looking like? Are they living in locked homes? Are they living in clay huts? Are they living in grass huts? Are they living in Stoneware buildings, uh, wood, uh, glass, uh, metal—all of these sorts of details that are wrapped into their architecture also add a layer of depth when you are working on your world building. Now, you also need to look at how these settlements are put together. Now, are they are they major cities? Are they towns? Are they small villages? you know, are they less structured? Is it, you know, farmstead here, farmstead there, you know, is there 20 miles between the houses, those sorts of things. And then once you have that, then you look at how each of those settlements are set up. So if, for example, say it's a small village, small villages are, you know, they're going to be, might be very clustered close together to provide safety, to provide a sense of of, uh, community. Whereas, Larger towns are going to be a little bit more spread out. They're going to be, you know, there, there's going to be designated areas for certain things. And then, of course, once you get into your major cities, now you're looking at high, high population. So, of course, you've got, you know, you've got to figure out, you know, defenses. Are they? Do they have an industrial area? Do they have a residential area? Do they have a town center? Do they have... Um, a market center so that people can come and go. Is there a specific area that is strictly for transportation orientation, for example? Do they, you know, do they drive cars and park in the southwest blocks of the city and then walk the rest, of the, walk through the streets? Those are details that are important that you need to put forward when you are looking at how you're building your world, um, and it also helps you in the end too when you're looking at your layout of your of your uh, your settlements. Now, again, size matters when you're talking about your settlement. So at one point, you could be talking about a small town, you know, that's very close. They've got their, their, their school might be just for, you know, for grades K through 13, for example, might only have one schoolhouse. Do they have a firehouse? All of these things, you, you put it, you weave in. A lot of the information that you put forward in your world building worksheet will not make it to your book, but it does not mean that it is not vital information. You need to make sure you look at it as a whole and then you break down each and every single one of these parts and parcels. So you kind of figured out how your settlements are set up. You've, you figured out, okay, well, I'm going to have cities, I'm going to have towns, I'm going to have little villages, I'm going to have farmsteads, I'm going to have, you know, a family-driven community where it's it's basically four or five houses put together, and each one of those houses, is they're all connected through a f- familial line in some fashion. So now you've got to look at what are the defenses in place uh, for those gathered within those communities. Do they have huge walls? Are these walls um, patrolled by guards? Are they, is there weapons? Are there... Um, you know, are there defenses that are, you know, stakes and so these sorts of things on the exterior of these walls or is it free reign? You know, there there is no defenses set up other than within each individual structure. So knowing how you're structuring your village, knowing how you're doing every, you know, every block. And one of the things that I have found when I when I was looking at this, when I was working on one of my books was to create a map, a city map. Um, and I kind of was able, using that creativity, was able to figure out. You know, the, there's the city itself backed onto a cliff that was 200 feet high. So really, they only had to have defenses on three walls because the, the fourth wall was that cliff, of course. So what they did is they put the the, the walls on the three face, uh, the, the the three sides, and. Defended from there. Now they had turrets, they had um, watchtowers, they had different levels of security. And then once you got past the, that first line of defense, that wall, then the city itself was designed so that your warriors were closest to that wall. So when an enemy came and attacked, if they managed to get over that wall, they would be faced with men and women who were trained to fight, who were skilled with weapons and knew how to defend the the weaker and the elderly, the children that were in the middle of the city. So that's always a good idea to have to before you, because having a city map or, or a town map or even just that placed on some surface where you can refer to it when you're writing it helps you to integrate those little details in some manner, whether it's, you know, some a character making a statement of, you know, oh, I didn't realize that these were all the single men and, you know, their ha- homes next to this wall or something along those lines. So having that idea is extremely important in my opinion, but it also allows you to to create a sense of recognition for each individual reader to see because they can take these small little details that you're throwing and create a picture in their mind. So what you picture, you know, might not be the same as what your reader is picturing, but it it helps to bridge that gap. Um, So the other thing is that you you have to be aware of, um, you know, is is this world one where the characters that live in this world do they rely on water? If they do have, rely on water, are they putting settlements next to the mouths of rivers, to streams, to oceans, to lakes? Again, that is sw- those are all uh, details that you need to know because water can be a defense. You know, you've got your mo- in medieval England they had the moats around the castles. It was a defensive mechanism. So you have to kind of have those. Uh, ideas laid out in some fashion. As well, you want to look at housing plans for the citizens and industrial areas. So, do they have major industry mixed in with the residential, or is the residential in one area, industrial in another area? How do they how do they fit together? How are they woven into, into the fabric of the city or the town or the village? Or is it simply the space, the number of citizens ensure that, you know, whoever is doing work, for example, a blacksmith, they're working in their shop, which is below their house. So those sorts of things are, are key aspects to really be aware of. And there's a lot of history. There's a lot of, of details that you can borrow or you can take from historical time periods, uh f- to help you build that world you don't have to just you know fry your brain trying to figure out how to do it all at the same time because you know if you use historical details it does help quite a bit especially if your novel for example takes place in a world where they are not advanced technology technologically they they are very medieval they are you know bows and arrows and spears and swords and armor and those sorts of things, if you use Earth's history, our, our, the human's history to do that, it really gives some added depth to your, your world building. And it also allows you to be more creative because those tiny little details you can actually refer to. Um, so then you move on to other areas. For example, the next area that I look at is religion. And religion is one of those things we we don't really spend a lot of time talking about. But if you're building a world from scratch and you are trying to figure out, you know, your character, how your character's minds are, you need to factor in religion so that, you know, you can decide. Now, is this world that you're building, is it more of a pagan uh, society where there's multiple gods and goddesses? Or is it more of a singular figure of worship? Or is it a combination of the two? Because there is a lot of uh, societies now who have a combination of the two. Or, or we live in a world where, you know, we do have the, the, a lot of uh, cultures that worship one god. Whereas there are some that still worship multiple gods. Um, and so you really have to be aware of, of what your religion is going to look like. And you can you can make it as as unique and as funky as you want to. You're only limited by the size of your imagination. Um, so when it comes to for to the pagan beliefs, it's always a good idea to be able to identify the gods you create and what they represent. So you know if you look back through history when with multiple gods. A lot of a lot of people recognize the Roman history the Greek history their 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 mythology because there's multiple gods and that's what we've kind of grew up on in history and, and that sort of thing was kind of a little bit more in the front so if you look at those each each thing had a god or a goddess that was con- in control so if you use that kind of um, religious standpoint you can you can kind of play off of that and create gods and goddesses to suit the characters, to suit the world that you're building. Um, now, having said that, you also need to make sure that you, you have their how they're worshipped clearly defined. Uh, what, you know, if they have temples, who cleans the temples? Who, you know, are there, are there priestesses? Are there priests? Are there slaves? Are there no slaves? Fig- you know, is this, this pagan-type religion, is it... Um, geared more to uh, human sacrifices, more like the Aztecs as opposed to the Romans. So, really understanding that and, and looking at it as a whole is a great idea. If you are doing that, you should also be able to identify or explain what sort of worship people are after and offer. Um, again, that that boils back down to how many gods you've set up, what they're for, how you how you do these. Uh, do they leave, do these people that are worshiping these, all these gods, do they leave offerings or sacrifices or is it something completely different? Um, is it a society or a religion based on where every family, you know, at a certain age, their children go into service of these gods and they spend a certain amount of, you know, they spend five years, 10 years in service to these gods and then they, then they rejoin society as a whole. That's things that you really need to kind of consider. If it's a singular figure of worship, it's a little bit different uh, in that you are focusing all of your worship, all you're focusing all of your your offering, all of that onto one one figurehead. Now, you know, if we look at it that way, you know, you really need to break it down. So if it's one God, you know, you really need to focus and be specific and, and figure out how to to do this so that you are coming across in a clear sense without. Um, leaving details out, which are ultimately going to prove to be a benefit to you later on as you go. Now, again, a lot of this information is not going to make it into your book. It's not. You're not writing an encyclopedia. But do you want to leave any of this out? In my opinion, no, you don't. Um, Now, again, let's go back to, you know, when we were talking about the settlements and talking about religion and all these, let's go back a little bit and say, you know, we really need to kind of figure in how advanced they are. Are they technological? Do they, you know, do they drive cars that, or, or riding cars or, or, or crafts that direct that drive themselves? Do they, you know, um, are they more advanced than we are? Are they less advanced? Or are they medieval? Or maybe they're a combination of them. Or maybe they don't even live on a planet. Maybe they live in a space station or a spacecraft. So you, you really need to Look at each part of these specifically, break it down. It doesn't matter if it takes you 60 pages to put your world no, building notes together. It's 60 pages of, of valuable information. Now, are you going to use all of that? No. Again, it, some of it's going to make it into the book and some of it isn't. But having it is what is the key ingredient when you're building a believable world for your readers. So when you you got to remember when you are building a world, you need to be specific and you also need to have fun. If you throw in a detail where there seem to be contradictions, you will need to explain, expect to have to clarify at some point. Um, so, you know, if you if you make a detail, for example, where, where you've got one character that that um, is. Worships one god, and you've got another character that doesn't worship any, that doesn't believe in it because they're too technologically advanced. You have those are those are, are you know you have to be able to clarify and explain that. Um, what another thing to con- to consider when you are doing your world world building is politics. Um, now, is the politics in this instance? It's not going to be our politics that we're talking about. It's not Republicans or Democrats and Democrats and liberals and conservatives. It's In this instance, it is never a problem to focus on politics. The political climate will help define your world and your characters. Some of the details that you need to consider uh, is, is it a monarchy? Is it a matriarchy or a patriarchy? Is it democratic? Is there a combination of monarchy and democ- democracy? Is it... Feudal? Are there warring tribes? Is it clans? Is it family groups? Um, Those sorts of things all need to be taken into consideration. Uh, It needs to be believable, so you need to make sure that when you are focusing on the politics of your world building, that you are taking copious amounts of notes and putting information down, ideas down. You may not use all of it, but put it down on paper because it might be there's some little tidbit in there. That strikes that creative um, juice in your brain, and it works out to be a beautifully graphic idea that you can use, and it, it really helps you build your world in your book. Um, if it's feudal, if it's you know, if you have a world that is feudal, is it warrior tribes? How are they formed? Is it you know, uh, is it formed where it, like the the Amazons were, or is it more of the um, the Turks, or is it you know, you have to figure out which form of tribe you're going to organize and who is the warriors and how do they react? What is the culture around that warrior tribe? You know, do they do ceremonies for the warriors? Is it male dominated? Is it female dominated? Is it a combination of both? So, all of those have to be you know. Figure it in. Then you've got to look at who leads this clan or this these warrior tribes. Are there kings? Is it chieftains? Is it um, you know queens? You have to figure all of those things out. Each one of those is vital to to understanding how that tribe works. Then you have to kind of focus on on the social structure of the clan so you've got your your person who is lead your leader then you need to figure out the rest of it you need to figure out okay so how is this clan made up who is the who is the person on the very bottom of the social um the social ranking right straight through and up to the top and what are their duties how are they you know treated are they you know respected so that you have an idea when you're going forward so you understand and you know and you can figure out what you need to put together so now we've talked about um, the the culture, the science, the, the religion, the politics. Um, now we have to look at the world itself. So we look at weather patterns. Is this world tropical? Is it a desert? Is it filled with ice? Is it, uh, you know, on fire? Is it a world of volcanoes? Or is it a world of you know, sleek lines and and technology and things where, you know, you're not actually physically doing, you know, you're not living in a world where it's organic, it's it's mechanical. So you have to kind of understand that and, that, and you look at that. So when you're looking at your weather patterns, you want to, you know, what's a day look like? What's uh, What are the seasons look like? Uh, does it have four? Does it have two? Does it have one? Is it, you know... Is it something that, as a reader, I can relate to? I can go, oh, hey, you know, I, I kind of get that. I understand that myself. Um, now, are these weather or seasonal patterns similar to Earth? And you can certainly do that. That is, There's no, no rule in there that says you can't use our weather patterns sort of that sort of thing but you really have to be aware and you know how you want to have to make sure it's believable for the reader you don't want to create a weather pattern that contradicts itself and then there's no explanation for it so you really need to do that now don't be afraid to be creative that's the big key what you're building is only limited by how ingenious and original you want to be when you are building your world so Take this, this information, you know, have a listen to it. Take some notes. Start building on your world and see where you are. And uh, I hope that this has proven to be some, some very good information for you and that you are able to use it to, to get started on building your world. Next, uh, next week, we are going to be talking a little bit more about world building and um, how uh, the writer, as a writer, you build your world and incorporate it into your novel. So I hope you'll be back. And I uh, hope you so. You just uh, click on that follow button, and we will see you next week. Again, this is uh, Patricia, and thank you for listening to Distinct Authors Talking Publishing.